Lord, never once did you ever leave us. Never once did you ever forsake us. Never once were we ever alone. You've been with us. You've fought for us. You've gone ahead of us and behind us. You stand beside us. You're within us. God, we thank you for the victory that you've given us in this past year and the victory you're leading us into for this next year. In Jesus' name. If you're not standing, would you just stand with us right now? If you have a Bible, lift it up. And we're going to bring the lights up in the house to stand for the reading of the Word of God. If you have that Bible, turn to Psalm 66, verse 16. If you don't have one, we will bless you with the Bible at the end of service. You can follow the scriptures on the screens. But we believe the Word of God is the most powerful book in all the world from generation to generation. It is His Word that gives us life, that gives us purpose, gives us grace and strength. And so Psalm 66, verse 16, the NIV version says, Come and hear. And this is David speaking, and David is speaking after he's walked through quite a few storms, after he's gone through quite a few difficulties. He says, Everybody, I got to tell you about my year. I got to tell you about what God has done. All you who fear God, anybody fear the Lord in this place? And he's not talking about being afraid of God. He's talking about being in awe of God, being such a, an amazement of God that you want to honor the Lord with your life. He says, all you who fear the Lord with honor, with amazement, that you want to honor him, let me tell you what he has done for my soul. The version says that I read what he's done in my soul, what he's done for my life, what he's done through my life. David was saying, I got to tell you about my highlights. See, this video we just watched of Victory doing all that stuff, all of those pictures and the, and the stats, that's what we call a highlight reel. Everybody say highlight reel. The highlight reel is the major moments of victory, the major moments of a good play. That highlight reel shows all the good things that have happened. And so today the message is your highlight reel. Turn to someone next to you and say, have you seen my highlight reel? <laughs> now... We're going to say this all together, and this is our confession as a church, and we say this to finish the year and to start next year. And so I want us to say the confession, the victory confession on the count of three. One, two, three. I'm here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me, and I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Thank you, Jesus. God, we glorify you. Holy Spirit, move in this place right now. God, do what you want to do. Speak what you want to speak. Let us leave today refreshed encouraged, challenged, renewed, and changed from inside out. And Lord, we give you all the honor, the glory, and praise in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. All right, touch two or three people. Say, you got to see my highlight reel. You got to see my highlight reel. Thank you, band. Mike. You've got to see my highlight reel. Come on. It's about to get real up in this highlight reel. Did y'all have a good Christmas? I'm grateful for the Christmas we had. I'm grateful that we 
walked through Christmas, got through Christmas. Sometimes it can get a little bit wild when you got all babies and kids screaming and, and it's intense. Anybody, can I get a witness? All right. So it was great. I celebrated. I'm thankful. You know, and I was praying about this message this weekend, and God said, I want us to get our hearts focused on how to end the year well, how to finish the year well. And we look at that highlight reel. We look at, you know, some of the things that Victory did, some of the great things. We couldn't show everything, but we showed what we could. If we tried to show everything, it would be a 15-minute long video. But the cool things that happened. And my thing is that all of us really need a highlight reel. The truth is, all of us have a highlight reel. Some of our highlight reels aren't as good as it should be. And it's not because good things didn't happen. It's because we're accentuating the negative. We're looking at some of the failures we had instead of looking at some of the victories we had. We're looking at some of the mistakes we made, some of the things we wish we didn't do or say or wish we did do that we didn't do, wish we did say that we didn't say. And we've kind of put that in the highlight reel. And the highlight reel is what you think about. It's what you rehearse. It's what you say and who you, you know, how you talk about your year to your family and friends. And in athletics and sports, all these guys have a highlight reel, you know. They, and they'll show like their best sports in football, baseball, basketball. Uh, I think even golf guys, they've got highlight reels where, where they will show their best plays, their best moves, the moments where they dunk the ball. And one of my favorite players who, uh, you know, I like to think that we're friends or one day we'll have a good friendship and he'll come and preach here one weekend is Kevin Durant. you got to see Kevin Durant's highlight reel. Check this highlight reel out of Kevin Durant. What Kevin Durant is doing right now. What I saw him do the other night against Golden State. What I saw him do last night. Come on, show There are certain up. moments, just moments, that you just step back and pause and acknowledge a level of appreciation for greatness taking place before your very eyes. LeBron, what's up? Show LeBron James who, who's the real good player here. Show him who the MVP is. Who's the boss? That's right, KD. Take it to him. Take it to him. So that's Kevin Durant's highlight reel right there. And you're, you're probably wondering, why are we watching Kevin Durant in church? Some of the guys are like, I'm glad we watched Kevin Durant just now. This last week, I was watching the, the bowls and the NBA games that were happening. And I was thinking about these guys... In their highlights, they don't show the moments where they threw an interception. You know, in, in Tony Romo's highlight reel, he's not going to show all of his interceptions for the Dallas Cowboys. He's going to show his touchdowns. He's going to show his, his uh, rushing yards where he got a touchdown. He's going to show all his good moments for, for, for Kevin Durant. It's not going to show the moments where he threw the ball away, where he missed a shot. That would be a bad highlight reel, right? Because the highlight reel is supposed to be something you would send to the right people who can get you to the right place for the next right position that you're headed to. The highlight reel is not only for the right people, it's also to remind you you're better than you think you are. Sometimes I think we think we're worse than we think we are. Sometimes we accentuate 
all of our mistakes, all of our interceptions, all of our fumbles, all the moments we missed it. And Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 through 14, he said, not that I've already attained perfection, not that I've already reached the end goal, but this one thing I do, everybody say one thing. And let's throw that scripture up there. Philippians 3, verse 12 through 14. He says, this one thing I choose to do. I'm going to forget that which is behind me, and I'm pressing on. Everybody say, pressing on. He said, I am pressing on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. I'm forgetting those things that are behind me. Go to verse 13. This is the verse that I want us to look at. He says, um, I'm forgetting the past. Now, he's not talking about all of the past. He's talking about the bad mistakes of the past. You know what I love this weekend is that it snowed yesterday. Was anyone surprised by the snow? That snow was amazing. And when I went out and walked in the snow, it was the, the, the whole snow had covered all the ground. Mom sings a song called Somewhere It's Snowing. And the song is all about how the grace of God covers our past mistakes and failures. When we turn to Christ, when we repent of sin and turn to Jesus, the highlight reel that God plays of you is not all your moments where you missed it. The highlight reel that God plays of you is the moments where you came to church, you went down to the altar, you forgave your spouse, you said the right words at the right time to the right person, you were obedient to do the thing he asked you to do, you gave in the offering, you showed up at an outreach, you helped someone in need at Walmart, at Quick Church. See, God's highlight reel of you this past year is good. When you turn to him, he doesn't look at you and say, I remember your mistakes. Some people like to take the shovel out when it snows and immediately try to get the dirt. Right? I know somewhere underneath this snow, there's some dirt. I'm going to find the dirt. And there's some people in your life, all they would love to do is shovel up the snow and say, yeah, but you still got dirt. Underneath the grace of God, you still got some dirt. And some people's highlight reels of you is not good. All they remember is all your mistakes, all your failures, all the moments you missed it this past year. And they love to rehearse that in their mind. Oh, yeah, I got a highlight reel of you. Oh, yeah, I can bring up all that dirt. But... The snow needs to do its work. When the snow of God's grace falls on our lives, not only does he cover our sin, the Bible says he takes your sin and he casts it as far as the east is from the west. In other words, he remembers your sin no more. Hebrews says that when Jesus paid the price for our sin, he erased it once and for all. When we turn to Christ, the highlight reel that he plays of us when you get to heaven and you've asked Jesus for the blood of Christ to forgive you your sins, his highlight reel is you are forgiven. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I don't remember your faults. I don't remember your flaws. I don't remember your failures. I don't remember the moment where you messed up. I, all I remember is that you turned to me. You showed up when you needed to. You turned to Christ. See, God's mercy triumphs his wrath. And some of us are remembering what we should be forgetting and we're forgetting what we should be remembering we're remembering the things that God's saying you need to let go of that we need to learn to let go of that which we cannot change so we can grab hold of that which we can change so we can grab hold of the unchanging Word of God when we're holding on to our flaws and failures I'm not saying we can't learn from, but we've got to learn to celebrate and accentuate the positive memories of the past. When I think of good memories, memory is a powerful thing. 
when I think on good memories, I got joy. I've got hope. I've got confidence. But as soon as a bad memory comes in, it starts trying to push me down. Yeah, but you remember when you missed the shot? There was this one guy who used to tell me all the times that he beat me in basketball. He would just love to remind me. You remember that one time when I beat you? You remember that one time when I beat you? And I, I started thinking there was one time that I beat him. And so I just started recalling that one time where I beat him. Yeah, but I remember that one time that I beat you. Yeah, yeah, but I beat you up. Yeah, but I remember the good moment. And when you recall the good moment, something changes in you. How you leave one season is how you enter the next season. And if you leave this year with a sense of failure and regret, you're going to walk into 2015 carrying that same attitude. You've got to leave this year with a sense of, God, thank you for forgiving me of all my sins in 2014. And thank you for putting on my highlight reel all the victories that I had, all the good things that happened. I'm changing my highlight reel today. I'm going to leave this room with a greater highlight reel than what I've been rehearsing and playing in my mind and with my words. That's my challenge for us is that we would leave today with a greater highlight reel. Why? Because not only does it change our attitude and our joy, but the people around us, they start saying, now, maybe I got a better highlight reel too. It's an evangelistic tool. When you start talking about the good things God's done in your life instead of the bad things that have happened. So I'm going to give you three things real quick to put on your highlight reel. Number one, what should go on your highlight reel? The blessings of God. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. You know, the blessings of God are not something that we earned, church. The blessings of God are the favor and the grace that he gave us anyways in spite of our mistakes and failures. James chapter 2, verse 13. And today, we're tag team preaching. So feel free to shout back at me. Say, preach it, preacher. Come on, finish the year. Well, say whatever you want to say, but I want you to preach with me today. Can we do that? Even if you're watching online, you just shout at the computer screen. James 2, verse 13 says that the mercy of God triumphs over the wrath of God. When you should have gotten cursed, you got blessed instead. When you should have got what you deserved, you got what you didn't deserve. The grace of God showed up. Ashley and I, this past year, some of our blessings, just thinking about them, recalling them. See, David was saying in Psalm 66, verse 16, he says, let me tell you, let me recall the good things God's done. For us, we had a baby boy, Liam, born January 4th, just about 360 days ago. That baby came right at the beginning of the year. And that baby boy was a blessing for us. I think about other blessings that happened. Stepping into the role of this amazing church. Leading as pastors. God's been good. He's been faithful. I think about the blessing of getting to go on a mission trip with my brother John. Paid for and free. Somebody sent us to Nicaragua to go and love on kids and minister to people. And we got to share the gospel. And it was awesome. Different, different blessings. I'm just recalling them. You have blessings to recall. You may not remember them, but you need to start digging back in your brain. Get rid of the trash. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 says, think about things that are positive, praiseworthy, of good report. Don't think about all the negative memories. Change your mind. See, some of us, there is a movie playing in our mind of all of our mistakes, failures, the blessings we didn't receive, the things that didn't go right. And we just want to like get a box of popcorn, a Coke, and sit there and watch the negative movie and camp out there. 
But there's another theater next door that's playing all your good memories, all your victories. It's time to leave that theater room and go into the one that says, I'm going to recall the good things that happened this year. I'm going to wash my mind, renew my mind, renew my mouth to talk about the victories I had this year. Talk about the miracles God did this year. I'm going to count my blessings. See, Psalms chapter 77, verse 10. David had a pity party almost. Go with me there. Psalm 77, verse 10. Are you guys awake this morning? Verse 9, David said, How has God forgotten to be gracious to me? Has God slammed the door shut on his compassion? See, David's building us up something here. He's saying, Guys, this year was not as good as I thought it was going to be. I had some surprises. When David was saying this, he was thinking about, Listen, his kids, they were not doing well. One of his kids was wanting to get rid of him, one of his kids was in sin, doing some stuff he shouldn't be doing. His wife had made fun of him for the way that he was chasing after God, worshiping God. He himself had a moral failure. He made some major mistakes, and, and he's kind of thinking about it. He's kind of going there because when you start going there, all of a sudden, it's a downward spiral. When you start remembering the bad, remember, remember this. Memory is a powerful thing. And he says, listen, man, God, what happened this year? Did you, did you forget about me? God, what, what happened? I just... I don't even know what to say here. And then he goes on to the next verse. And he says this. This must be my fate. In other words, this must be all I've got. This must be the end. Some people look at the end of a season, the end of a year, with a sense of defeat. In other words, this is it. This is my lot in life. This is my fate. The Most High has turned his hand against me. But watch what happens next in verse 11. Then I recall. Everybody say, but. That but is a powerful but right there. He says, but then I recall. Here's what he was doing. He was changing the movie that was being played. He says, hold on, hold on. Let me think about the right highlight reel here. I recall all that you have done, O oh Lord. I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. Keep going there. Watch what he says next. They are constantly in my thoughts. I cannot stop thinking about your mighty works. Church, we need to be the church that cannot stop thinking, cannot stop talking, cannot stop praising God for the good things he's done, the victories he's won, the battles he's brought you through. You got to get to that point where you say, man, I'm more blessed than I realize. See, a lot of Christians walk around as victims, but we're called Victory Church, so we need to walk around as victors. We need to walk around saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. My year was better than I thought it was. If I can recall right, I'm still breathing. I'm still standing. I've got something to be thankful for. I need to finish this year so that way when I go into next year, I've got a sense of hope, a sense of peace. If he did it back then, he can do it again. He brought me through the legal battle. If he did it back then, he can do it again. He healed my marriage. If he did it back then, he can do it again. Somebody sent a praise report just a few weeks ago saying, me and my spouse, we were about to divorce. We were angry at each other. Our daughter was living in, in a house full of strife. We were going to separate. One of us was going to take the daughter. And, 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 and our marriage was just about to explode. It was all done. He said, but we came to church. And that day, God started working in my heart and in her heart. 
And he said, we came down to the altar and our marriage got healed and restored. And I just want to tell you, he was telling us after the thing. It wasn't like he told us one week later. He just wanted us to know that over the last few months, their marriage has gotten better than it was ever been before. He said their daughter's plugged into children's church. God's working in their family. He's done a mighty work. See, God's done some good things in your life this year. And we need to learn to finish with a better highlight reel. Say, okay, God, I'm going to count my blessings. The Bible says in Psalm 78 that we're to talk about the miracles God did to the next generation. Kids need to hear that God showed up for you. Your teenager needs to hear that God did something for you. If all we hear is a negative highlight reel, then we're going to grow up only playing negative highlight reels in our minds. We've got to change the conversation in the church. It's not woe is us, the world is doomed, and so is the church. It's, hey, this is our best days, and we're headed towards victory to victory from glory to glory. It might have been a tough year, but we're going to accentuate the blessings. We're not going to focus on the negative. And see, I know that sometimes it's easy for us to say, yeah, 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 but that's not real. That's fake. No, I think sometimes we want to be so real that we get so real down in a pit of despair, a pity party. And we get so real that we just want to talk about all the real things that are happening. While other people who are going through some real stuff too have just chosen, let's not get down about this. Let's choose to rejoice. Paul said, even in the middle of my pain, I stood up and decided I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to praise God, even though I've gotten put in jail, even though I've walked through some tough times, I'm going to praise the Lord anyways. When we went to Haiti, these kids, they were having a praise party with no shoes, no shirt, no finances. They didn't have jobs, and yet they had the most joy out of everyone in our team. We came from America. We went there to minister. We got ministered to. We've got this conversation going in our mind. Well, I just got to be real. I just got to talk about all the problems I'm facing. No, you don't. You really don't. It's not getting you anywhere. Some people go to Facebook and they just spew out their problems. Facebook can't heal you. Only God can heal you. Twitter can't heal you. Instagram can't heal you. There's only one great physician. It's not your boyfriend, it's not your girlfriend, it's not your side woman, it's not your side man. It is the Lord Almighty, the great healer. And when you turn to him, you get your peace back, you get your joy back, you get your identity back. Because you can't find it in a pill, you can't find it in a magazine, you can't find it online, you can't find it from someone else. It's only in Christ. Man, I'm preaching to me. I'm preaching to somebody. The second thing you need to put in your highlight reel is your battles. Now, I know that may contradict a little bit of what I was saying, but it's not. You need to think about this. I'm not saying to focus on the battles that beat you. I'm saying focus on the battles that didn't beat you. Focus on the battles that God brought you through. See, the battles, sometimes we want to hide the battles we walked through. But those battles are what draw us closer to Christ. The blessings is what God does for us. The battles is when we realize God is with us. Emmanuel. God was with me through that battle. 1 Samuel 17, verse 34. David was being challenged that he could not fight Goliath. And this is what he said. He said, hold on, hold on. You seen my highlight reel? That's basically what he was saying. Let me, let me tell you about my highlight reel. He says... 
I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, which by the way, that's a battle in itself. <laughs> the daily routine of taking care of sheep and goats. He says, let me tell you about my highlight reel. When a lion or a bear came to steal a lamb from the flock, I would chase after that with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. He says, hold on, let me tell you about my highlight reel, the battles that I went through. Let me tell you about the battle with the bear. When the bear thought he had me, I took the bear down to a pit and I killed the bear and got my lamb back. When the lion thought he had me, I went down into a battle with the lion and I defeated the lion and I got the lamb back. You don't think I can take this battle with Goliath? Let me go through my highlight reel. See, when you have battles in your highlight reel, it gives you faith for where you're headed. It gives you faith for the battles that are in front of you. By the way, God doesn't take kids into battle. He takes warriors into battle. So if you're facing a battle, it's because God trusts you to be on the front lines. See, critics man the sidelines. Warriors man the front lines. If you're walking through a battle right now, if you went through a battle in 2014, it's because God trusts you that you're going to get through that. You're going to lean on Him. You're going to grow in Him. James chapter 1 verse 12 says, count it all joy when you go into trials and battles of all kinds. In other words, put it in your highlight reel. Some people say, well, you must be, you must be in sin because you went through a battle this year. You must have done something bad. You must have some dirt underneath that snow. And they want to talk about it. But see, I, I'm a believer that believers who go through battles and come out on the other side victorious are stronger because of it. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. The devil thought he had you. He said, I'm going to get you with this battle, this cancer this difficulty in your marriage. I'm going to get you with this battle with your daughter, with your son. I'm going to get you in this battle. I'm going to knock you down. And now, this is, this is the moment at the end of the year where you get to look at the devil and say, I'm still standing. I told you so. You might have shocked me. You might have stirred me. You might have shaken me. But I'm still standing. You said I wasn't going to make it. I'm still standing, Satan. You, you said I wouldn't get through that battle. I'm still standing. Let me put this in the highlight reel. You thought you had me out. You thought this church was over. We're still standing. We're still standing. We're still standing. And the devil wants you to sit down. And he wants you to re recall the bad things. But listen, those battles made us stronger as a church. We're stronger because of it. People who don't go through any battles, they stay weak. But when you go through a battle and you trust in God, you get stronger because of it. So don't discount your battles. Don't hide your battles. Some Christians say, well, I got to hide that because I want people to think our lives are perfect. No, no, no. Your kids need to know you went through a battle, but you came out victorious. The next generation needs to know you walk through a battle, but God parted the Red Sea. He says, hold on, hold on. Tell them about that. Well, that's really transparent to talk about, talk about the battles. No, no, no. It's recalling the faithfulness of God. It's evidence that God brought you through that, that you're still breathing, you're still standing. You got out of prison, you got out of jail, you got out of the bar, you laid down the cigarettes, you got through the divorce, God healed you through the unemployment, God gave you a better job. You walked through a test when you lost your baby, you walked through a test when, 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 it, when the baby didn't come out, but God brought you through it. You've gotten stronger, your faith has gotten stronger, your praise has gotten deeper, your worship has gone to another level. The devil thought he had you but you're still standing.
And you look at the devil and you just say, I told you so. Detroit. You drop the mic on him. Some of us, we feel like we just got to stay under the circumstances. I can't talk that way to the devil. If I talk like that to him, he might get me even more. You got to get confident with the, the enemy. The enemy's real, but our God is realer, if that's a word. The enemy is strong, but our God is stronger. <laughs> Ashley and I walked through some tests this past year. One day we saw our baby boy do something that scared us a little bit. And I didn't know what to do about it. She didn't know what to, to do about it. We began to pray. And we were getting ready to go on a missions trip, and it started stirring up some strife, some tension. It started messing with our relationship, just trying to figure out what was wrong with Liam. And sometimes when you're going through a storm, you don't want to bleed over everybody. So you kind of have to do it behind closed doors and talk to some people. So we had some mentors we talked to, we cried with, we prayed with, trying to just, you know, figure out what, what to do. We went to the doctor, just, you know, hey, is, is everything okay? Because this is kind of, this, this doesn't seem normal, this doesn't seem natural. And, you know, it wasn't anything that was extremely big, but it became big to us because it's our first baby. And I mean, it's, this is a big year for us, a lot of transition. And it was kind of messing with us, to be honest. We went to the doctor, and the doctor put these, you know, wires on his head and, and, and just testing, getting all the results. And w during those weeks, just kind of thinking, praying, waiting for the report. I don't know how long it took. But during that time, God began to draw us closer to each other and closer to Him. See, the battles can either turn you away from God or draw you closer to God. And we chose, we're going to let this thing draw us closer to God. We're going to get things right. We're going to walk in love and peace. We're going to get stronger. And when we got that report back, our baby boy is normal. He's healed. There's nothing wrong with him. He's healthy. He's whole. We celebrated God's faithfulness, but we thanked God that he counted us worthy to walk through a battle and come out victorious on the other side. Thank God for the battles that didn't defeat you. Thank God for the battles that didn't stop you. Thank God for the battles that drew you closer to God. And the third thing you need to put in your highlight reel is your bruises. Your bruises. And that might sound strange. Why would I put my bruises in the highlight reel? As kids, we used to compare our scars with each other. You know, I got this scar whenever I jumped off the doghouse with an umbrella and I tried to fly like Peter Pan and it, you know, cut my elbow. That's my war scar. And as kids, we love to, to compare scars. How big is your scar? How big is your bruise? The older we get, the more we want to hide our bruises. Wrap bandages around them, make sure nobody sees them, put makeup around them. This girl came to 24-7, our youth group, and she has some bad bruises. She was a cutter. She came into the youth group. I mean, she was trying to hide it, but there was cuts. You could see the scars. It was signs that she was angry at herself, angry at God, angry at her family. Grew up in a pretty rough household and just lonely, discouraged, depressed. But she came to the youth group that night, and God did something in her heart, in her life. She got saved, she got healed in her body and her mind. But the cool thing was she went back to her school 
And she started ministering to her classmates. And she's, she's at the point now where she can't wait to get to youth group every week. She can't wait for youth service on Wednesday nights. But now here's what her bruises are used for. She goes up to the kids who have scars on their arms, who are still cutting right now because there's a lot of teens that cut themselves on a daily basis because of the pain they're walking through. They don't know how to cope with it. And she says, listen, I've been where you've been. And I want to tell you who's my healer. I want to tell you who's restored me. I want to tell you that I'm not the same girl that I was back in the summertime. God's done a work in my life. And I don't hide these anymore. This is proof that God's been faithful. God's done a work in me. See, the blessings are what God does for you. The battles are proof that God is with you. And the bruises are proof that God can work in you and through you to the people that need to know your mess is a message. Your test was a testimony. Your pain has a purpose. You don't have to hide your pain. Your kids, your teenagers, your friends, your parents, there's people need to know that my God is a healer. See, Jesus didn't hide his bruises. John chapter 20, verse 27. If you want to know if this is theologically correct, I'm going to give you three scriptures to prove it. John 20, verse 27. Jesus came back just to show somebody his bruises. Thomas, who was considered doubting Thomas because he doubted once. That's sad. How would you like to be named something that you did once? <laughs> Some of it we couldn't even say in church. Thomas was named Doubting Thomas because he doubted once, but Jesus came back for Thomas. He said, hey, Thomas, let me show you my bruises. Somebody asked me, will we be able to see the bruises when we get to heaven in Jesus' hands and feet? And I haven't been to heaven, so I don't know. But according to the scriptures, when Jesus rose from the dead, there was a purpose that he still wanted to show those bruises because it was proof that I've got resurrection power living inside of me. The devil can't stop me. The pain didn't defeat me. Death can't hold me. The grave didn't, didn't destroy me. He said, Thomas, look, look here, look here, look here. I've been there. I can identify with your pain. Paul said, hey, first, 2 Corinthians 11, verse 20 through 28. He says, you want to talk about bruises I won't hide those from you because it's proof that God's been with me yeah I was shipwrecked five times I was whipped 40 times minus one twice that's as many times as you can be whipped until you would get killed by that 40th whiplash and it didn't just happen once it happened twice you want to know if Paul carried some marks yeah he said I carry these marks but it's proof that I belong to Christ because God counted me worthy to go through some bruises some beatings some suffering and when I went through it I drew closer to him let me tell you I was bit by a snake I was stoned by friends that threw rocks at me people who said they would never leave me they deserted me see some of y'all it's like the end of the year we're closing the books and we've got a profit and loss statement and, and we're putting some things in the loss statement that we should put in the profit statement we're putting some things in the things that we feel like man that was just a that was rough I, I'm gonna put that in but God says no 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 what the devil meant for harm God used it for good how the devil meant to defeat you God used to work in you and you became a stronger believer because of that my wife this past summer she went and she got in a car accident somebody hit her t-bone the car and her and Liam were in the car at first glance I would put that in the loss statement because the car was totaled but they walked out of that car completely healthy normal and fine not a scratch not a broken bone and then the insurance of the other car 
gave her a greater check than what she paid for her car to begin with which was able for us to increase our giving. And I'm telling you today, you're looking at some things and you're saying, yeah, that goes into the lost column. You need, to, you need to figure out which things need to go in the lost column and which things are actually gained for you. Because Paul said, that which I lost, I now count gain because I found Christ Jesus. I'm crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but he who lives in me. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12 that, I'll boast in my weaknesses because in my weaknesses, his strength is made perfect. His grace is sufficient for me. I want us to stand to our feet all over this room. You have a reason to rejoice. You have a highlight reel that's greater than you thought before you came in this room. And the bruises, the battles, and the blessings are what makes you who you are today. By the grace of God, you've been delivered, you've been set free, you've been healed, you've been restored. God's working in you, He's working through you, He's working for you. And when you start to get discouraged, pull out the highlight reel and say, no, 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 wait a minute. I remember the battle with the bear. I remember the battle with the lion. I remember the battle of, of when I lost my job, but God carried me through it. I'm still standing. Some Somebody say, I'm still standing. When we end this year as a church, we're going to end it with a shout of victory and praise. Church, I'm excited for where we're headed. We've got some great things in 2015. There is vision bubbling up inside of me for where we're getting ready to go. But before we rush into next year, we need to finish this year right. We need to finish this year with a highlight reel of all the grace that God's given us, the faithfulness that he's shown us, and his sovereignty, even through the beatings, the bruises, that God can work in us and through us. He's not the cause of the storm. He's not the cause of the suffering, but he sure knows how to work in the middle of it. He sure knows how to show up with his sovereignty and his faithfulness and his grace. And right now, I want us all to just take 10 seconds to give thanks to God. Man, just lead us in a moment of praise. Just thank him for 2014. God, thank you for carrying us through. got a reason to worship. Maybe your year started off bad. Maybe it's felt like it's just kind of been apathetic, complacent. I want to challenge us all to end this year with a shout of victory, with a seeking the Lord. Maybe you just need to fast a day or a meal, something to draw closer to the Lord before you enter 2015. How you leave one season is how you enter the next season. Leave this year well. It is well with my soul. I release the disappointments. I release the worries and cares. I release the moments where something was supposed to happen, didn't happen. I release the surprises, the shocks, because I'm still standing. I release all the things. And listen, when the devil thought he had you, you need to end this year with a drop the mic moment with the devil and say, no weapon formed, baked, broiled, fried against me, prospers. I'm still standing. I made it. God, God's grace, the Holy Spirit brought me through this year.
Don't let the devil leave you defeated in 2014. Rise up with a victorious spirit. I'm still 